It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. All right, we are back. Welcome to Playground Rules, episode three. What's up, Arik? How you doing? Good, man. Is, is Oakland as hot as San Francisco is right now? It is sweltering out here. I think this is one of those rare times where it's actually hotter in San Francisco than it is in Oakland. I mean, it's hot over here, too. Uh-huh. But I saw the temperature over there yesterday and just assumed that you were all very angry. Yeah, it's brutal, man. And, uh, you know, the mosquitoes come out when it's this temperature. And uh, I hate mosquitoes, so I'm not, I'm not happy. I don't know if anyone's a fan of mosquitoes. They had, when I was uh, in Argentina, this sounds uh-huh. douchey, but when I was in Argentina last week, uh, they had this, like, plug-in thing that you put in the wall where it was, like, a scent that came out and kept mosquitoes away. And I don't know if it's, like, you know, very not FDA-approved and now I'll get super cancer, but, like, it was really effective and it was awesome, and I don't know why we don't have it here. I was an idiot, and I bought some, some stupid device from Amazon that doesn't work at all. And uh, I feel I feel really dumb and foolish. And, <laughs> what's, and what's the device? It like emits some sort of like ultrasonic frequency no, that supposedly no, like drives away pests. And it's total nonsense. Yeah, yeah I know. You need, I just, the, you need the owl. I was desperate. Is what you need. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. have you been enjoying the NBA season so far? I have. I I'm like you know we picked a really good time to start this show because this has been a crazy early season like you know I think we all feel still like the end result of the season is fairly un uh unexciting and yeah uh, it still feels pretty inevitable foregone conclusion all that yada yada no. but the early part of the season has been crazy like it's it, been so many crazy things have happened it's been pretty wild um yeah. the games the off the court stories yeah a lot of stuff going on and uh it's nice yeah. that it's not just the off-the-court stories, by the way. I mean, the off-the-court stories have been crazy, and we will... But I'm looking at our, like, quick hit list for the end of the episode, and a lot of the stuff is on-the-court stuff, and that's cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't... Did you watch any of that Cavs-Nets uh, game last night? No, I, I I saw the... We'll talk a little bit about the Cavs start at some point, but I saw the previous one where they were just completely outplayed by the Magic, but I did not get to see the Nets one. I've been having some trouble um, with like various games that I can't watch. Like I thought I had everything covered, uh, but I don't. And so I, there are some games that I like can't seem to, to watch, uh, should we say above board? Oh, so, that's too yeah, bad. I'm figuring that out. We'll Wait, see. are you using I'll, league pass? I am. I am using league pass, but when there's games that are on NBA TV, the real problem is games that are on NBA TV. Yeah. Like it does. I don't have a, I have a cable subscription, but apparently I have like the worst cable subscription. Uh-huh. So I don't have the channel for NBA TV, and there's no... That's just like a weird black hole right now in my in my life. Do you get Fox News? <laughs> I'm sure I get Fox News, yeah. That's everything you need right there, my friend. Uh, indeed. <laughs> that was sarcasm. We don't watch uh, We don't watch Fox News here. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into it. Um, uh, our first topic of conversation this week uh, is uh, the ESPN Power Rankings. Um, which you you wanted to talk about. Um, uh, Now, I've always found these uh, power rankings to be kind of silly and not really that compelling, but you feel like they've gotten really bad without uh, Mark Stein at the helm. Um, Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I completely agree that they were really silly and not particularly useful, but what they were was funny. Mm -hmm. So they were very 
nerd funny, very cheesy funny, like dad humor, I guess uh-huh. that you would say. But I really enjoyed. I mean, I I think I'm I'm a little bit too much of an ESPN guy, and I'm sort of starting to drift away from that. And you've been helping me with that, with um, posting good content from other places. But you know, I grew up on. ESPN, and so I, I, that's the stop I go to for my sports news often. And sure. one thing I always really enjoyed was the power rankings, um, especially the basketball ones. So with the other power rankings, I really just look to see where my team is, is ranked, right? And then yeah. I, mainly so I can either be smug or angry. Uh, and, you know, I enjoy that. But with the basketball power rankings, Mark Stein was genuinely dad humor funny. And I found it every time at least something to chuckle about. And also, it, it felt very. I like one person's perspective on something, um, or you even don't like this this uh, blurb by committee. System no, they have now? I don't. I have no idea. Like, there's no there's no consistency to it. It's like then they do this with the other leagues. Basketball was the only one that had one person's vision, but uh-huh. it, it was really useful, especially season by season. If you'd been doing it for a while, if you got to know Mark Stein, uh-huh. then you, you, I sort of knew what he cared about. You know, what mattered to him, like what he was going to do. You know, there were traditions. He always had the defending champs ranked number one at the beginning of the season, for example. Mm-hmm. It was like the idea was someone has to, you know, knock them off before we talk about anybody else. He sure. would keep people in rankings that were not necessarily backed up by their record if he felt like there was a compelling reason to do so. Like he had he had real good reasons. And right now, first of all, the rankings are now all over the place, different people doing them. But in addition... The only thing they're doing for the rankings is stats. So it's like just something that is supposedly interesting, but they're not. They're not interesting at all. Well, it's, it's not like, just record. Uh, in the most recent one, they had a, a sub-500 Golden State Warriors at number three. No, no, no. They are doing the thing where they keep people above their ranking. But what I'm talking about is the, the blurb, the, 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 the content. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it'll be like, for for example, for the Warriors that you mentioned, it's so far this season, they rank 27th in defensive efficiency and are giving up 110.5 points per 100 possessions. Like, yeah. that might be useful to someone. Uh, they've also run more isolation plays this season, nearly 11% of possessions. That's not exactly, it's not exactly fun to read. No, there's no yeah. reason to go look at it. I can go look at it in two seconds, see who the top couple are, see who the bottom couple are, and move on. And, you know, I think it really is sort of part of a larger movement, especially at ESPN, but away from personality. Right. Yeah. This is kind of like one of the things this show is created because of, right? Where we feel like there's too much like we're not anti-analytic at all. We're not, you know, old school basketball. It's all about the, you know, Jims and Joes of the league or whatever, but but we yeah, are like and now uh, analytics have, have sort of brought basketball into the modern era and that's really cool. That's really cool, but I think we're also about personality. Yeah, I mean, it's in terms of coverage like uh um Analysis can be really boring and dry. Uh, this is interesting. So I, you know, we we have a, a, a Google Doc. We're trying to get more organized uh, with our uh, our system here. So we we've started a Google Doc to share stories and, and topics that we think will be interesting to discuss in the in the coming week. And uh, when you posted this, <laughs> I just assumed that you had some big problem with the metrics and how the rankings were coming out. And, you know, I looked over and I thought it was a little skew and stuff, but I didn't really understand why it was anything that you felt passionate about. But I, I completely see what you're saying. And um, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, ESPN is, is it's really tough because, um, well, first of all, I want to say that there are some people that work for ESPN who are wonderful. You know, Zach Lowe is the We best. are Zach Lowe stands. Yeah. We love Zach Lowe. Yeah, he's the best uh, uh, basketball analysis Sorry, analysis. Uh, <laughs> analyst. 
<laughs> out there, you know. Read he's his articles, best. listen to his podcast. He's he's the best. Um, yeah, he's the gold standard. But yeah, ESPN. A lot of their, I mean, the channel. If you watch it during the day to kill time, it's just it's really really tough to watch because it's a lot of these like blowhard, you know, pundits that are feigning sort of anger um, over it's a, just it's the a most, lot of Stephen A. Smith journalism. Yeah, yeah, and you know Stephen A. Smith. He's he's probably a nice guy and. and you know, good for him for finding a niche, but I just can't stand watching it, you know? No, the, if uh, I see a headline with takedown or, you know, rant or anything like that, I'm just eviscerates. out. Eviscerates. Yeah, yeah. eviscerates. I'm out. I don't care. I don't care that you think that, that John Wall didn't back up his trash talk with Lonzo Ball. I don't care. Yeah, it's just, it's real joyless journalism, you know? And I know a lot yeah. of people love it and, and good for them, um, but yeah, I can't stand it. And, yeah. you know, that's... That's a big reason why we started doing this because because uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith is a blowhard and uh, <laughs> yes yes he is he's, <laughs> he's kind of the worst he has one redeeming thing uh, this is so off topic but the first episode of that TV show he had where he interviewed Alan Iverson I go back and watch that maybe once a year like I and it's not it has nothing to do with Mr. Smith right it, but uh-huh. that Alan Iverson interview is amazing oh man I haven't seen it I got you've never stuff. seen that no. Oh my God! Everyone out there, go look it up. It was what was it called? Uh, what was that show called? Any idea? Why, no. Idea. Why don't we? Why don't we post? A, we'll figure it out after, and we'll post a link in the show notes so people can check it out. Yeah, I'm gonna try to very quickly figure out the name of the show because this should only take a second. While I'm talking, quite frankly, it was called Quite Frankly, and if you search on YouTube, and we'll post a link in the show notes, Alan Iverson, Quite Frankly, interview full. Uh, you will get this, and it is—it's like right when Chris Weber, maybe the second season, Chris Weber was in Detroit, something like that, and it is awesome. It is Sweet. so so good. I will definitely look it up. Yeah, I just put it in our Google Doc for you too, so that you can look at it even before our audience. All right. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I like I like having the inside track. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the power rankings. Used to yeah. be pretty entertaining. Ooh. Now they stink because yeah. the blurbs are not as entertaining. Yeah, I miss Mark Stein. I, just, <laughs> I know. I know. Listen, I know he was he was not at his peak, but I really liked Mark Stein. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Stein Stein is great. Uh, he he was definitely one of the, the good guys on ESPN. And, and uh, wh- what is he even doing now? Yeah, has he landed anywhere? I was trying to figure that out the other day, and I couldn't I couldn't find any anything about him it says he's currently working for the new york times oh good for I, him yeah i need to look into that actually the newspaper of record good for him yeah because i've never noticed that yeah, quite a feather <laughs> in his cap. unfortunate do you read the times i am i subscribe to the times i sort of subscribe to a few uh news uh you, i'm assuming you mean of... subscribe digitally like, yes, you yes, yes, yeah, yes yes okay. yes of course i i i in the wake of of the political you know Things. Oh yeah, here he is in the in the New York Times. This is compelling radio for all all our listeners out there. But I, I do subscribe to the Times, and I don't. Uh, but I don't. I've been kind of on a news blackout break just for sort of sanity. Sure. Reasons, yeah. But I'm gonna. I'm you know, we said we said we wanted this podcast to feel like a conversation that we had, and honestly, having a conversation with Arik is him looking stuff up on the internet <laughs> half the time. So yeah, <laughs> that is, that's actually pretty true. <laughs> feels very authentic. <laughs> Welcome to my world, everyone. <laughs> anyway, should we move on to the next topic? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm looking at these power rankings, and I'm just bitter that they have the Celtics 15th. That's crazy. Oh, God, yeah. The Celtics, I mean, the, if it makes you feel any better, the Trailblazers are 12th. 
That doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, yeah, well, moving on. Um, what do we have next? Let me look it up online. So I don't know how much there is to really say about this. Uh, I think it's just it's funny. hilarious. Um, yeah. Meta World Peace has been hired as a player development coach for the Lakers G League team. The uh, South Bay Lakers, I think they're called. They are the South Bay Lakers. Yeah, which um, they used to have another name. There's this like weird trend uh, in the G League where they feel like they have to name all the teams after their, uh, you know, their parent franchises. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge bummer. I, I really like when they have like their own names, you know, like the Delaware Eighty Sevenders. Yep, exactly. What an awesome name! It's for, so good. For development it's team. so good. Yeah. I mean, I really wish I was a Sixers fan because I would be rocking some Delaware's Eighty Sevenders. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's so way better good. than the Westchester Knicks. Yeah. I like, yeah, when yeah no, no. I like when there's a little wink. There's not a lot of things that hit that sweet spot of being its own name, but also giving a little wink to the uh, to the parent franchise. But uh, you know. There's there's way too many of these teams that are just named have the exact same name as as the the team that they're affiliated with, and that's yeah, a bummer. San Jose Giants, Pawtucket Red Sox. It's no it's no fun. Yeah, they're going through this huge rebranding this year, and it seems like a lot of teams are you know I think they're trying to generate revenue. Yeah. I think it was always sort of a something that was seen as an investment so they could develop talents, and and now they've got the big. Gatorade sponsorship and the uh, G League. The what G a League, yeah, terrible name. And then. In what could only be a marketing ploy, the South Bay Lakers have hired Meta World Peace as a player development coach. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What? There, By the way, there are some good names. I'm looking at the list of names of the teams, and there are some really nice ones here. I, I, I think we both narrowed in very quickly on, the honestly, the best name of the Delaware 87ers, but... Definitely, main, definitely main Red Claws is good. Canton Charge. The Ford Wayne Mad Ants is pretty good. The Rio um, Bighorns. Yeah. Greensboro the Swarm. Rio Grand Valley Vipers. Yeah. Wisconsin oh. Herd. There's some, there's, some, there's some quality here. But, yes, let's talk about Meta World Peace, a.k.a. Run Our Test. Like, what, what is – I mean, listen, the man was a quality basketball player, and I wish him the best of luck. But what very exactly – very talented. What exactly is he going to develop in these players? Like their their ability to start the most infamous brawl in <laughs> NBA history, uh, their ability to change their name. Like what? <laughs> what? Hey, by the way, my favorite thing about this story is that in the article, it's a short blurb, you know, Associated Press, nothing long. It says, while he hasn't publicly retired. Yeah. And that just, just that line right there. Like, really? Is, I mean, is he going to leave the team midseason? Is this like... Uh, uh, like Tony Romo, like is he going <laughs> to come out of retirement to to take his place back among the lights? Like, what is anyone really? Call, is his phone ringing? Like, what what you is know, Meta World Peace's future? We obviously don't know him personally. No. Uh, I wish so I did. yeah, but but you sort of get the impression from his uh, public persona as a, as a player and in his interviews and and you know uh, little things that leak through TMZ and things like that that. That meta world piece is just completely crazy. He's like he's a, a knucklehead for sure. I think yeah. we can say knuckle. He's like the archetype, archetypal knucklehead, like Dennis Rodman. Yeah, you know, from his like Cookie Monster onesie to uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, elbowing James Harden in the head and just being like, "What did I do?" Yeah, you know, he's yeah, just yeah. like he just is is yeah. He's he's a real interesting personality. Um, do you remember uh, where you were by the way when that brawl happened? 
God. Well, I was living in Vermont, but uh, I don't. Were you really, watching? No, I definitely was not watching that game. So I was watching that game live. Uh-huh. Uh, I was a, I was a, a very, very, very. I didn't have a lot going on in my life at that point. Let's be honest. And I was watching a ton of NBA. Uh-huh. And uh, and I was at home at my. I was actually staying with my parents at that point. And I was. I remember I was in the couch in the living room watching the TV, watching the game. I was kind of a a Pistons fan is way too strong a word, but I was a. Uh, I love that Pistons team that that mid two thousands. That, that was the year Pistons after team. they won, or was that the year before? That was they... the year after they won. Okay. And the Pacers, who were kind of the hot team of two thousand four five, had just mm-hmm. like throttled them, absolutely destroyed them as they were the defending champs. And and I'm watching this game like, oh, well, this is crazy. What a crazy game. Blah blah blah. And then this happened, and it was like jaw on the floor, didn't move from my seat for several you know hours just watching over and over and over again as the news came out. I mean, it's one of the craziest things. Like, people talk about, this is not on the same level at all, but people talk about, like, where they were when Kennedy was shot or things like that. This is one of the few things like that. No, listen, hear me out. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the few things like that where I was actually watching live. That's right? crazy, yeah. It was crazy. It was so memory. crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. certainly one of those infamous things to have occurred in the league. Especially yeah, it changed in the everything. Era. And uh, um, it just really sort of demonstrates the kind of extremely bad judgment that uh, yeah, at the time Ron Artest was known for. You know, uh, uh, yeah. all the talent in the world, you know, some people thought he was maybe the best player in the league or potentially going to be that year. And uh, Yeah, up and coming for sure. Yeah, and he, he will forever be associated with that incident. And uh, uh, to this day, you know, when you, it's the first thing you think of when you see any story about him. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like it's not it's not a huge news story, but it's just so amusing that uh, <laughs> that he's going to be developing young players, impressionable people. I mean, this guy has had an extremely impressive career, you know. Oh, absolutely! Was, Two was, championships. Yeah, he was really, really great in that uh, 2010 championship. Um, he had a, an extremely entertaining uh, post-game press conference uh, that year, um, which, if you haven't seen it, watch it. You kind of really captures him in all of his, his man-child glory. Um, he played for 17 seasons. I mean, that is impressive yeah. on its own. You can't do that if, you're, if you don't have a lot of skill, especially if you're a, a difficult personality like he is. You know, you have to be really, really good to, uh, to kind of survive in, in the NBA. Um, so, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we're just being a little snarky here. Maybe he's great. Maybe he's going to be great with the young guys, and they're going to learn a lot of moves from him and whatnot. But, uh <laughs> they could certainly learn how to not make his mistakes if that's what he's trying to impart on them. I don't know. It's a funny story, but uh, we hope for the best. I somehow seriously, seriously doubt that. <laughs> I know. We tried to turn, like, you know, tried to turn babyface here at the end, but we can't do it. It's just too funny. It's, it's just really hilarious. Funny. I really yeah. think he doesn't feel like he did anything wrong with that melee, too. I'm, I'm sure if you asked him, he'd say, like, hey, you know, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> Someone threw a cup at me, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, good luck to the uh, South Bay Lakers this year, and uh, good luck yeah. to, to Meta. Uh, you know, I think he should change his name again. You know, now that yeah, keep it coach. going. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, like yeah. maybe just a little change, like Mentor World Peace. Oh, <laughs> that is great. Yes, we at Playground Rules suggest to you Meta World Peace, aka Ron Artest. Please become Mentor World Peace. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, we have Dwayne Wade as a backup now. Dwayne Wade. Yeah, so he... Uh, do, you, do you believe that he volunteered for it? No. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. 
So the story here is that Dwayne Wade, after the Cleveland Cavaliers have gotten off to a, I don't think surprisingly rough start, to be honest with you. I mean, they lost their second best player. They brought in a bunch of guys who are a million years old. They are once again the oldest team in the NBA, um, which has definitely been a trend throughout. I think LeBron's entire career, even when he was young, um, but I don't believe, no, I do not believe that Dwayne Wade went to Tehran. What is it? Tehran Lou? Tehran Lou? Tehran? I think it's Tyron. Tyron, that's right. Tyron Lou over the weekend and requested to come off the bench because he really felt like J.R. Smith should get back into the starting lineup. I, I yeah. don't, I'm not buying that. I think that they're, because they've been doing some weird lineup switches anyway, right? Like they, they didn't they start, they started LeBron at point guard. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, I, mean, I, I think they're just seeking answers. They're really shuffling the deck. Um, it's weird, you know. Uh, how does LeBron keep ending up in these situations where he's he's kind of on an island, you know? Um, uh, there was like a, a, a plus-minus chart that was released after uh, the game last night when they lost to the Nets, and it was pretty hilarious. I, w- I God, I wish I could just send it to you now, but I don't remember where I saw it. Um, you know, he, he's just he's just far and away the most productive player on his team, you know. And there are guys on that team that should be, you know, Kevin Love is a fucking, oh, sorry, I shouldn't swear. You sorry. You that out. Yeah. Uh, I'm pro- I probably won't. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, you probably won't, no. <laughs> Kevin Love is a great, he's a great player, you know. He's, he's super talented. You know, he's not the best defender. He's got holes in his game. But you should be able to take a guy like that and make him productive. Um, and, uh... You know, so far this year, he really hasn't been. Um, you know, Dwayne Wade is old, but he should be able to come off the bench and, and put in some points. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, J.R. Smith is, is he's another kind of knucklehead, but he's a really great player. Super talented. Yeah, yeah. very, very talented player. Um, yeah, it's just like these LeBron teams, they just kind of seem to just, I guess maybe they're burnt out. It has been quite a grueling uh, uh, three years over there. Um not having Kyrie is, is you know, he was kind of like a, a offense in a bag that you could just sort of pull out when you needed it. He's a it. safety blanket for sure. Yeah, you don't really have that anymore. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I think they're going to figure it out. I, I think it's, you know, it's way, we've, we've already mentioned this, but it's way too early in the season to overreact to anything. None of these games really mean anything but other than this is when teams are figuring stuff out. And that that's, can be a months-long process for a lot of teams. And Cleveland, despite having a pretty good amount of consistency, um, they do have a lot of stuff to figure out with losing Kyrie and having uh, Isaiah out until the winter and, and, and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the main thing that we're talking about here is Dwayne Wade being a backup and uh, uh, whether or not it was voluntary. And I really I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't buy for a second that it was. Yeah, no, I, I think for, for sure not. I mean, we don't know. Right, it's possible, but it seems very, very unlikely to me. I mean, that is that would be almost unprecedented in league history, right? The, the, yeah, the, for a guy like that, yeah. Yeah, the history of stars recognizing their age is not. Uh, I think there's no names on that list. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you get you get someone like um, like Andre Iguodala, who is, and I think very rightly so, lauded for his willingness to accept it when his coach came to him and said, "You yeah. should be a backup now." And uh, and so I think that it, I I will firmly believe that that uh, that that when Coach Lou came to Dwayne Wade and said I'm going to make you a backup, he embraced it and perhaps as part of the carrot part of that they said and we'll say you know we'll say you came to me whatever whatever but I I mean and maybe 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 Dwayne Wade he does seem like a very 
uh, you know, smart guy, a very, uh, you know, thoughtful guy. Um, I'm, I've never really been a huge fan of his, but I, I, I've always respected him, and I think, you know, maybe maybe he did, but uh, but it seems unlikely. Yeah, I've always thought he was kind of a dirty player, but besides that, I, I you know, I do really respect uh, yeah. uh, the way he, he plays. He's he's had a great career. He's, uh, he's you know, probably... Uh, probably a Hall of Famer. Probably a Hall of Famer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Yeah. First yeah. ballot? Dwayne Wade? For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose so. No, no, I do. Three championships... One on his own, two with LeBron, maybe a fourth one coming. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, maybe a fourth one coming. <laughs> Let's see about that. <laughs> well, I mean, we still think. Listen, we still think that the the Cavs come out of the East, right? I mean, who's? Oh yeah, definitely. So I mean, you know, maybe a fourth one coming, and you get in the finals. Oh. And I mean, while I completely agree that the Warriors are likely to be there and destroy everybody, you know, you get maybe there's a double suspension, maybe there's injuries. I mean, you know, this is why the season happens, right? That's very true, um, and it's good that they made this step early because I, I do agree. I, I think they're still heavily, heavily a favorite to come out of the East, but it seems kind of inevitable that he was going to have to take like a, a diminished role at some point. Um, and uh, I guess good for them that it happens sooner than later because they they obviously have a lot of stuff to figure out. Um, yeah, and we knew that they would. And uh, yeah, it'll, it'll do you think be. He... Go ahead. Sorry. Go. Do you think he competes for six man of the year? No, I, I don't think so. Um, we'll, we'll see. Like, I, I, I could very easily be wrong. Um, he, he, could be, he could end up being really great. But I, I just think there's way too many uh, uh, really talented, hungry guys. I, I think he's going to probably end up missing a lot of time because he always does. Um, I don't know if he's going to play enough minutes to, to, you know, I mean, how many points do you have to average to be in a, a, a six-man candidate if you don't really do anything else, you know? He's not well, really... I mean... He doesn't play defense. He's an okay facilitator, but he's his really his thing is going to be he's going to be scoring off the bench, right? Right. Why am I forgetting the name of who's the guy who always wins six men of the year who was on the Clippers? Jamal from Crawford. Seattle? Jamal Crawford. I yeah. love you, Jamal Crawford. I'm very sorry. You're from Seattle. I I apologize, but I mean, how many points did Jamal Crawford average in those years? Fifteen, sixteen? I mean, what? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, could Dwayne Wade do that? Yes. I think the problem will be like you said. That he, I don't think he'll play enough games. I think him and Derrick Rose, and that, I mean that's the, really the the thing about this um, Cavaliers team to me is just that it's not that they got old guys. They got old guys who I think. I mean, I guess this is a problem with all older players, but I just don't see them staying on the court. I mean, uh, uh, Derrick Rose is already injured, right? So yeah. um, I think that's really the the primary issue with Dwayne Wade's candidacy is that he just won't be there. But he could be if he committed to it and everything, everything. He could be a Microwave offense, I think. I mean, you know, uh, going against second units, I think he could still be. Yeah. If they if effective. they start winning a lot of games and they rattle off, uh, rattle off a few streaks and things like that, it'll be a compelling he, narrative. Yeah, he does average. Yeah, it would be a compelling narrative. You yeah. know, he, he went to the bench, this longtime starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People like that sort Dwayne of thing. Yeah, the great, sure exactly, the great <laughs> Dwayne. <laughs> I wonder. Um, you know, it sounded like they didn't really like playing with him in Chicago when there was that weird beef with. Uh, Butler, it was kind of Butler and Wade against Rondo. Whole, yeah, well, and, everyone and the else. whole rest of the team, you know. Yeah. The rest of the team really seemed to love Rondo, and they didn't really seem to like Dwayne Wade at all. Yeah. I mean, Chicago bought the guy out just to kind of like get out of that situation. I, you know, we don't know. Chicago's exactly kind of a mess, to be honest with you, but. Chicago's a huge mess, yeah. Yeah. But no, I agree with you. I think that the difference in Cleveland will just be that he has 100% the support of LeBron, right? So. Uh-huh. The, the Cleveland LeBrons are not going to turn on Dwayne Wade. Like I think that's 
that's I mean that would be a who that would be a story right I mean yeah. that's his that's not I mean their friendship goes so far beyond basketball like it's you know I mean it's well documented that these two people are basically brothers right yeah so I mean and you look at this Marshawn Lynch situation in Oakland where he's you know defending he's jumping in to defend the guy from the other team because it's his cousin uh-huh. I mean you know what I mean like it, some things go way way beyond sports and I think their friendship does so when when that translates into the sport I think is that they'll that Dwayne Wade will get every opportunity to succeed and and you know the team the one thing I will say about about LeBron's teams is that they revolve around him. I don't think that's any kind of breaking news, right? So, no, that's, you know, that's pretty clear. Yeah, the he's very firmly in that orbit. So everyone who's on Team LeBron, which is basically everyone on the team at this point, will in some way make their peace with that, right? I don't know. I I I, I really don't know. I mean, that that definitely all sounds sounds about right. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, he's not the Dwayne Wade from uh, uh, the Miami Heat, you know? He's at that age where guys age really fast. And, uh, and yeah, this is why it's so dangerous in the summer to look at the rosters and go, oh, this team's going to be so great because you see these names. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't think that. No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> saying I think a lot of people go, oh, my God, Derrick Rose, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, it's a new big three. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I think Derrick Rose is the only guy who thought that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see, because I do think this team is going to be good. Um, I don't think there's any reason for Cleveland fans to panic or anything like that. But they obviously really kind of need to shuffle the deck and see what works. And, and you know, they don't... Yeah, it, it'll, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of work for Lou, and, and it's going to be a lot of work for LeBron. You know, LeBron always kind of uses the regular season to sort of figure out exactly who he needs to be to to make that team work, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's it's kind of scoring more or facilitating more or or focusing on defense and and uh, you know this year there's just so many so many questions around this team and if it was any other star you'd think wow this is a this might be a lost year for this guy but it's LeBron and he he always finds a way and we just have to assume that he does until he doesn't you know really, yeah I don't uh, I mean I don't, I don't and especially in the East I, I just don't think that there's anything I do wonder if. Uh... If, to, if we'll start to hear a little hot seat for Lou, if uh, if they don't uh, if they don't improve sort of quickishly, I think that's very possible because uh, you know this is actually our next story slash first quick hit. I think uh, you know we know that in some situations, just to kind of clear the air and start over, you got to find a sacrificial lamb, and in uh, and. Has it's been the case on a few LeBron teams that you just kind of, you know blame the coach, fire him, and then that kind of gives you like a fresh start. And uh, I thought I thought it was unfair when they did it to uh, Blatt, and uh, I I think it could easily happen to Ty Lue, and, and you know the players seem to really like him, but you know that stuff can change pretty quickly. So yeah, we'll everyone's see. having a good time when they're winning, you know. Yeah, it's a very different situation. Yeah, so maybe we should move on to the quick hit. So we're gonna. This is something we're gonna try this episode we haven't done before, where I'm just gonna read off uh, the the headline of a story and give you an opportunity and myself as well to just have a a small comment on it. We won't go into sort of these long discussions. We'll just uh, we'll just give our thoughts. These first two hits are kind of related too. They are. They are. So uh, we'll do it as one thing. So uh, as you alluded to. Uh, Earl Watson has been fired by the Suns after they lost their first three games in one of the most uh, impressive fashions in league history by like a combined. Yeah, the first game was the worst opening night loss in uh, of league history. Yeah, and in the wake of that, uh, guard Eric Bledsoe tweeted, "I don't want to be here," which 
uh, he claimed, <laughs> I love this, he claimed yeah. to the team was about being at a beauty salon with his uh, lady friend and uh, not wanting to be there and tweeting that out, that it had nothing at all to do with the Suns. The timing was just, you know, extremely unfortunate. But yeah. they have sent him home and uh, suspended him effectively and are looking to get rid of him. So your thoughts on, on this uh, dual uh, story? I feel kind of bad for Earl Watson because I do think he's the sacrificial lamb. It's not like this team has a lot of talent. They they underperformed, but it's not like they should have really won more than maybe one of those games. You know, granted it was in humiliating fashion, but uh, I I don't see a coach coming in and, and being the savior of the Suns this season. So I feel a little bad for Earl Watson. Um, the Bledsoe thing is is really strange to me because. He's their best player. Um, it seems like, you know, I don't know how good they want to be because they seem like a pretty good tank candidate. But uh, if they do want to be better, you want Eric Bledsoe there playing, right? And uh, there have been many uh, examples in league history of disgruntled star players expressing a desire to be somewhere else. And it's like, you know what? You're under contract, you know? It's really weird that he can say this kind of like little kind of petulant, childish, passive aggressive uh, uh, thing, and they're like, "Well, you know what? You're out of here." You know, it seems I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it at all. Uh, we're in this new era, I guess, where you know, stars. I don't. I don't. I don't. What agency does Eric Bledsoe have? Like, like you said, he's under contract. There's nothing he can do. He can not show up, and they don't pay him. But yeah. uh, other than that, I mean, I, I think um, Bill Simmons long ago once said, and I, 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 I agreed with this, one of these teams just needs to call the bluff and just say, you know what? Okay, fine. You're not going to play for us, but you're also not going to play for anyone else. Yeah, just like, sit them on the bench. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and we, you will play you every night. You'll get a DNP CD, coach's decision, and until you decide you want to play for us again. I mean, like, I'm a belief in freedom, and I, I don't know if I even agree with these, you know, contracts and all this stuff. The Sports leagues are really weird, but, yeah. like, the guy has no agency in this situation, so I have no idea why they're... And by trading him now, they give up any of their leverage. I mean, everybody knows they, quote-unquote, need to get rid of this guy, so they're not going to get good offers for him, right? I mean, I guess we'll see. Someone could be uh, swindled, but... I mean, I mean is definitely... Player. He's definitely a tier below... You know, we saw uh, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving all all get traded, and... and yeah, he's not at that level. But yeah, he he's not at that level, level. But, you know, I mean, the Cavs obviously got a lot for Kyrie, but uh, uh, the Thunder and the uh, uh, Wolves uh, gave up very, very little to get their star players. And yeah. now you have kind of a similar situation of a, a really disgruntled player. I mean, what are they going to get as a return for him? I mean, I think they'll be lucky to get... Uh, First round pick, maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, we'll see. No young stud, that's for sure. They're definitely, uh, you know, no one's going to look back on this and say, man... The Suns really, uh, uh, really played that one correctly. <laughs> this seems like a, I don't know. The Suns thing has been sad. You remember they they had that really impressive season where they won like forty some games and they didn't make the playoffs. It was yep. that that amazing year where all four uh, major teams from Arizona had plus five hundred records and none of them made the playoffs. Yeah, it was wild. That'll never happen again ever. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And now. Yeah. Um, it's just been this weird, slow uh, collapse for the Suns. They don't really seem to have any idea of what they're doing. Like, I, I look at the stuff that's happened so far this season, and I'm like, I don't know if you want to be good or bad. I don't know 
like I, I guess I guess maybe they just want to get like the disgruntled personality out of there so they can focus on the young players and develop them, but it doesn't really seem like they're doing that. I don't know. Um, I have a lot of distaste for Robert Sarver. I mean, not as a person. Again, I don't know mm-hmm. him, but you know, going back to the way that he wasted the Nash years, like I just don't. I would love to see him sell that team. So, um, you know, anything that they do is kind of like, well, okay, that's the Suns for you. I mean, you know, selling draft picks, all this kind of stuff. Anyway, moving on to our next uh, quick hit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we're actually capable of that. Um, uh, The Warriors lost to the Grizzlies, and at the end of the game, as part of their, as you mentioned, under 500 start, and uh, as part of that, Stephen Curry was ejected for the first time in his career uh, after throwing his mouthpiece, for which he was fined $50,000, and Durant was ejected for arguing. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on this? I loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course you did. Yeah, you know, uh, as we... I did too. <laughs> as we've established, uh, we don't like the Warriors. Um, it was fun to see them throw a hissy fit. Uh, well, it was fun to see Curry throw a hissy fit. Um, just remind me, you know, it's, it's kind of a bummer, because I used to really like Steph Curry, and now I just cannot uh, separate... It's all it, there's just a cloud that hangs over this whole team for me, and I really find myself just like you know, I it's weird because I like I like Andre Iguodala, but I don't now, you know what I mean? It's weird, yeah. I still love Sean Livingston, that's my that's my guy, but yeah, I I feel the same way. I, I I think I like Steph a little bit more than you do still, but I I really like seeing this team struggle in any way, shape, or form because we just haven't seen it, and uh, and I really do enjoy them uh, getting very petulant about something that happens to the entire rest of the league. They definitely pulled out their. Their their rock star uh, peni and uh, <laughs> and threw them all over the court. I mean, I, I I don't know, I don't know what they expected. I watched the game. It was a very interestingly officiated game. But the Grizzlies are damn good. And uh, for and, for and Curry to claim play. for for Curry to claim that it was just incidental that he was just throwing oh, it in frustration yeah. is ridiculous. You know, and and it's just, I don't know. I'd love to see. Keep your damn mouthpiece in your mouth. What is his deal with that? Like the one thing, even when I was at my sort of peak of Steph love. That just keep your mouth. Why are you chewing on? It's so weird. Like put your mouth. Well, a lot of players mouth. do that. You know, we all no, have. Like he's a little... like famous for that. So. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, find it. he literally pulled it out and threw it in the direction. It's not of the, the first time. Yeah. Just he's just it. never thrown it at anyone. Yeah. Just be like, just yeah, you know it. what? I made a mistake. Blah blah blah. He. Uh, my favorite thing though is that, that he said that he he you know uh, blah 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 better person blah blah blah. Man, I really wish I had that money back. It's like, really, Steph Curry? Like, $50,000 to me, a lot of money. $50,000 to you? I mean, I like that. Maybe he's still, you know, he's still the same humble guy who grew up with an NBA-playing millionaire father. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, $50,000, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, so moving on. It, it's a lot of money to me. Uh, moving on, the, uh, the, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but the Cavs were destroyed by the Orlando Magic. Yeah, we, we have sort of covered uh, the Cavs stuff. But, yeah, they got killed by the Magic, and... The Magic are so far look a little bit better than we thought they were going to, um, but it's still yeah. Yeah, I mean for a team is, with nothing, I don't know yeah. where they're doing this. This is the stuff that we talked about uh, uh, earlier with the Cavs. Just they've got a lot of stuff to figure out, and they've lost now to the Magic and to the Nets, um, teams that they shouldn't uh, really be losing to. So yeah, I I think this could end up biting them in the butt at the end of the season when. You know, when wins know that, matter. Yeah, the wins might matter, and these early losses could hurt some teams. Um, this is an old team, uh, so I guess we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I I can't wait for the next one. I hope we see a few more of these uh, uh, these 
losses. Inexplicable losses. Yeah, yeah. they're they're fun. I they're, 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 we, listen. We are definitely some haters, but they are fun. Uh, so uh, Milos Teodosic, the highly prized international passing savant rookie sort of rookie rookie in this weird world where you're a rookie even though you're in your 30s um already injured uh, yep. doesn't seem to matter to the clippers right they're they're kind of doing what they will with the league but uh but injured already yeah um it's uh, a super bummer you know i i don't want this podcast to turn into in- injury watch but you know you feel like you got to say something when these things happen um he uh he's an exciting player who's uh, highly respected for what he's done in uh, non-NBA leagues and uh, a, a really good passer and seemed like the kind of guy that uh, would really, really help this, this team um, in the uh, uh, post-Chris Paul era. Error? Era? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, Freudian slip there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just a bummer when these guys get hurt, and we might as well just fold in the other one. Uh, yeah, I just Davis moved it. Also, Anthony Davis uh, also injured. Yeah, that one to me, uh, I mean, the Milos Teodosic is more like, I was really excited to see this passing savant, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he and was Anthony, sort of an unknown quantity. Anthony Davis yeah. is genuinely like a top 10 NBA player. Yeah. yeah, but it's becoming Anthony Davis when healthy, you know. I mean, yeah. guys just can't, I mean, some people's bodies are just not, I would not, beyond the fact that I'm not uh, skilled enough to be a basketball player, uh, I would not be a very good basketball player for injury reasons. I think I'm fairly injury prone. So, uh, you know, I, some people just can't stay on the court. Their bodies just weren't meant for that level of punishment. In one game, healthy, the guy's incredible. But can he yeah. play a season or anything close to it? So far, no. There are these star players who just kind of never, you know, some some guys just last and they're great for a long time. And some guys just kind of, they have a stretch of, you know, four to eight years where they're really, really good, and then they stick around, but they're never quite the same just because their, their bodies betray them. And, and Health is a skill. Yeah, you hope, well, yeah. I, you hope that with Anthony Davis that, you know, you know Steph Curry was like that for Yes, famously, yes. Yeah, and he's been pretty durable, and, and you hope that uh, Anthony Davis can just string together a couple of really healthy seasons because he's just such a, a, a transcendently great player, you know, and if he, if he hadn't been on such terrible teams and if he had just stayed healthy you know he'd probably be in the conversation for for you know one of the the best in the leagues you know um, yeah, i think he would have won an mvp by now or at least been high in the voting it's uh it's really kind of amazing when you when you kind of step back and you look at it how much of that stuff is circumstantial you know yep. um you know it's again it's like the difference between uh uh less about the injury thing and more about just kind of the situation that you find yourself in but it's like the difference between tim duncan and kevin garnett you know Yep. Two hugely, hugely all-time talented players, and one of them was on the Spurs and had a uh, is now considered to maybe be the best power forward of all time, and one of them was on a really hapless uh, Wolves team, and uh, you know lost in the playoffs in the first round for nine straight years. Yeah, and people think that uh, you know I think people still consider him to be one of the best of all time, but I think absolutely, was, uh, you know I think that 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 is part of his legacy, you know, and uh, that's a little unfair because uh, Kevin Garnett is, uh, uh, you know. Maybe, I'm a huge Garnett fan. Yeah, he's amazing. You know, he's yeah. a, just an amazing, amazing player. And he, during those years, he was an amazing, he was unbelievable, you know. Um, we, we have a friend who's from Minnesota, and he's a, a huge, you know, Minnesota sports fan. And every now and then he'll get nostalgic, and he'll remember a game and send me the box score, <laughs> send me some highlights from it. So every now and then I get to watch these uh, – 
a little bit of a, a, a you know some vintage Kevin Garnett. And I just remember just like what you know just how unbelievable he was. You know, I was a huge fan of that '04 team, the Sam Cassell, Latrell Sprewell year, where they mm-hmm. made it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, that team was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's totally just a shame. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully, I don't know. I really just hope that Anthony Davis gets out of there. Obviously, a lot of Celtics fans hope he ends up in Boston. Sure, that would be fun. But I, I just hope he gets out of New Orleans. You know, no no uh, ill will, no offense to the people of New Orleans. Everyone deserves to enjoy their sports team. But it just, it's been too many years of uh, 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 really, really disappointing seasons and just unrealized potential. I mean, this guy really deserves... I think he deserves it, and we as fans deserve to see it, uh, uh, an opportunity to flourish, you know, and playing with, you know, uh, a way overpaid Jeru Holiday and, and, you know, the head case that is DeMarcus Cousins, it's just not really the uh, the opportunity that he deserves. No, he's like the poster child for fresh situation, new start, new uniform. I, I would love to see that, too. Yeah. So uh, moving on, I... Sh- I didn't really organize these this time. I'm realizing that now, and I will do better next time. But um, we're one more on the fly here, people. Yeah, one more crazy son story. <laughs> Josh Jackson <laughs> claims he did not make a hand gesture of a gun at a fan, but does not re- regret the gesture he did make. He said that he was um, wanted to flick the guy off, but kind of didn't get all the way there. But the guy was a jerk who was calling him names and. Blah blah blah. And he's still learning, and I just love this story because he does not. He, Josh Jackson doesn't regret gesture, but says it wasn't a gun. Come on, people! This is like a <laughs> recurring theme. Like, just own it. Just admit you made a mistake. <laughs> I in, love it. In 2017, we were just we're in a world of liars and deception, and all these people yeah. that are just full of of bull. Just own it. You made yeah. a mistake. It's yeah. a, a heat of the moment thing. It's fine. So, uh, moving on, Andre Drummond, good free throw shooter now. This is crazy to me. I Small mean, when does this size. ever happen? Sure, sure, but preseason and early season, the man is really, really shooting the free throw well. I mean, Shaq was never able to do it. I like it. I'm a happy guy. I would love to see it. I think uh, I really, you know, I like San Van Gundy as a coach. Um, yeah, me too. I think he's very talented. My guy, Avery Bradley, is, is in Detroit right now, and I, I'd love to see him have some success there. I want that guy to get paid. I think he's a great NBA player and and Andre Drummond is this kind of old school player who's still really really fun to watch and he would be so much more valuable if he could yep. consistently hit free throws. So That's what I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it changes his entire ceiling, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. So yeah. let's hope that it isn't uh, some sort of statistical anomaly and that he can um he can uh make it happen because yep. man, God, man, it'd be great. Yeah. He's great. He's I, really really great. I have softened on him a little bit since he had the electron, uh, electrolysis to remove his uh, uh, sh- shoulder hair. <laughs> no, what? You know what? No judgment here. You remove that shoulder hair. I thought it was so cool. It could have been. Like, they could have teamed him with uh, Anthony Davis. With Anthony Davis, it could have been the a... brow and the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, Ben Simmons triple double in his fourth professional game. This dude, I've been watching a lot of Sixers for some reason lately. Ah, not for some reason, because I'm really intrigued by the team. Yeah. But uh, Ben Simmons is legit. This dude is incredible. Man, what a what a rookie class that we have this year. Because you're absolutely yeah. right. Ben Simmons has been just, uh, Revolution. you know, he looks like a, a fourth or fifth year player. You know, he's, he's so, so skilled, so smart, so confident. And uh, you can't even say that he's for sure the best of this rookie class, right? I mean... No, no, not yet. No, yeah. he's obviously one of the front runners, but 
No, this is a this is a deep class. I think people uh, were a little bit you know taken aback. I mean, you you really expect the number one pick to be something incredibly special, and the years where it's not, we all kind of are taken aback. And and so far, and maybe it'll turn around, but so far, Markel Fultz not really setting the world on fire. He's got some shoulder injury or whatever, whatever. But it doesn't even really matter because the Sixers have last year's. I mean, Ben Simmons is absolutely incredible and if if he keeps going on this trajectory and Embiid stays healthy which obviously is a long shot the, mm-hmm. I mean the Sixers are not going to you know let's not get ahead of ourselves but they are a fun team to watch they are really really fun they are they really are um yeah yeah and uh I think uh yeah I think you know when you when you look at uh I think if you look at just scoring and things like that a lot of times rookies can sort of like look a little bit better and you get a little too excited but I think even though it's a really small sample size you you, you have to say like wow this guy is the real teal you know on yeah. the other end of the scale you know something like Markle Fultz like it, sometimes it takes guys a little time to figure it out and, and Fultz, oh yeah mm-hmm. he's obviously has some issue going on and, and it's really been sort of uh, uh, clouded by a lot of sort of miscommunication more of that good old fashion BS that we were talking about earlier, you know, <laughs> someone's not telling the truth. Someone's, I don't know. There's a lot Sorry, of weird changing. Stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. I'm, it's put a pin in on that one. Faults, faults could be fine. You know, we he, really don't yes. know. Um, yeah. but, uh, Simmons is the real deal and it's super exciting. Yeah. So we here at playground rules are extremely excited for this next story. <laughs> our, our boy Jay smooth is back. Josh Smith is back in the league. He is playing for the Pelicans. I love this. I oh, love wait. This. I take back everything I said about Anthony Davis. He's got every opportunity that he needs now to thrive with his, his new number two, <laughs> Josh Smith. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Man, how old is Josh Smith now? Uh, that is a great question. Let me find that out for uh, 31 years old. 31, 31 years wow, old, Josh Smith. Not that, that, that old. seems young. I, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he played 12 years, but he, was, he yeah. came out of high school. Oh, right, right, yeah. So, you know, I mean... I love Josh Smith. Like, right? Like, no one has ever been more willing to take threes and less reason to be, you know, less reason to have that confidence. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's not, I wouldn't call him like a head case. He's just like, I just find him hilarious. He is hilarious. He will raise, he has made the Pelicans so much more watchable for me. He's an extremely entertaining player and he is yeah. good, but yeah. he's, he's this like really good player that doesn't really understand his skill set. Right. And every now and then, like, there was that, uh, that, uh, really uh, famous, you know, Houston comeback game against the Clippers where he was for a quarter their best player because yeah. he hit like, you know, six out of seven threes or something crazy like that, you know? He has that potential. He, yeah. He's he's an irrational confidence guy. He's so much fun. And every once in a while, you'll just get that Josh Smith game. And it's it's exciting to know that that possibility is back in my life. Yeah. It's not, it's not this condescending ironic love that we have for josh smith he's genuinely no we love an enter- entertaining basketball player now, maybe not a guy that i would want on my team but uh he's 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 it's just the league is more fun when he's around yeah, yeah it really yeah. It's, it, it really just raises the, the the comedy potential and the fun potential and every, all the potential and so for our final story this week uh herb why don't you talk about this one you sent me this this is pretty amazing yeah um i i really I think people should just, like, watch this video. Um, the link will be in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. But basically, uh, there is this dude. Uh, he's a, uh, a psychologist named uh, Docker Keltner. It's Dr. a weird name. Yeah. Uh, well, I shouldn't say weird. That is very rude. It's, an, uh, it's rude. a new name to me. Docker Keltner. I assume yeah. it's German. Docker so Keltner. For us uh, Eastern 
Easterners or Westerners, <laughs> whatever, wherever we're from. Whatever yeah. we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfamiliar. But Docker or Dasher Keltner, um, who's from UC Berkeley, which is not too far from where we are, uh, he's this uh, uh, social psychologist who did this study uh, called Tactile Communication Cooperation and Performance, an Ethological Study of the NDA, where he basically drew this uh, uh, correlation between uh, physical contact between players during games and performance and determined that uh, <laughs> that uh, consistent physical contact, uh, particularly through like high fives, uh, had a... a, a a, a measurable. Yeah, a measurable positive impact on performance. Um, I, I just love this because this is one of these things where it just seems like app analytics just kind of like, just it's beyond the pale, you know? It's like, it's like, well, if guys are high-fiving a lot, that probably is more of a symptom that they're playing well. Is it causing them to play well? Uh, so he claims that they controlled for that. Yeah. He claims that they that they controlled for the quality of the team and that it does not matter. Uh, and I, you know what? I, I thought about it when you first sent me this. I probably, like you, just started laughing. Um, and it was so perfect that this was the Warriors, right? Because uh, they really are... Very, oh, yeah, that I mean, venture capitalist approach to uh, running yeah, a basketball team. They've uh, injured themselves with patting themselves on the back for, quote-unquote, reinventing <laughs> basketball. Yeah. You know, that goes one way or the other. I mean, Sacramento also claimed they had NBA 4.0 or whatever, 3.0, whatever it was. And uh-huh. that, that has not turned out so well. But uh, I do sort of understand the idea that, you know, it's a little bit like when you have a passing savant on your team and over time everyone else becomes less selfish. I think if you are uh, having this physical contact and stuff, even on a bad team, it probably raises your camaraderie, mm-hmm. which probably raises your willingness to play together, which probably decreases your willingness to be sort of a lone gun. And uh, or or a lone wolf or whatever, and and I could see how it you know I don't think we're talking about a major improvement here, but you know and it, every little bit helps I guess, and I, I don't oh, know for sure yeah you know in a league where a lot of games have really uh, uh, small margins of victory yeah if uh, twenty high fives gets you two more points it's probably worth it <laughs> let's do it you know after yeah. every missed free throw I'll see the guys do their little high fives or whatever whatever and I think especially on but, sort of big plays you know but how do you mandate it like I played. No, you, you can't. I played soccer, you know, when I was a kid, and we'd have to do the handshakes at the end of every game. And and it didn't really uh, engender a sense of sportsmanship. You know, you just kind of did it because you were forced to do it. Because you wanted to get to your orange wedges. Yeah, people would spit in their hands, and they'd, you know, <laughs> they'd mutter things under their breath. And Real granted, nice crew you got there, my man. I know, yeah. Well, I, I, I grew up in kind of a trashy area. <laughs> Um, we did not do that in the Northwest. Well, anyway, I think it's I think it's really fun, and you know there probably is something there, but it's just again for me it's just beyond the pale. Like I think you just go to your best player and you say, "Hey, man, let me show you this thing." You know, just yeah. be a little more. You go out there, you know, you set by example. Go to a couple leaders, try to get it going. You know, just encourage them. But yeah, you're not going to go. You're not going to sit down and say, "This week, you know, like you know, got the metrics on on the thing." I I challenge Drummond to get this many rebounds. I challenge you know uh, Reggie Jackson to give out this many <laughs> high fives. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's going down quite like that. It's like the Kobe Mamba challenges that he did uh, uh, like a month ago. It's like I challenge you to lead the NBA in high fives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Phil Jackson giving out his his books and stuff. <laughs> he gives out guides on how to better fist bump or whatever you know. Yeah, I think uh, I think probably not mandatable, but very interesting nonetheless, and a, a very good find by you. Yeah, well, thank you, Art. Um, 
that brings us to uh, uh, that was our last topic, and and that probably brings us to uh, pretty close to the end of our uh, our podcast this week. But one thing I, I do want to say before we go is that uh, it looks like uh, we do have a small handful of people that are are starting to listen um, a couple episodes in, and and uh, it's really exciting, and we're super grateful. Uh, thank you so much for checking it out. Uh, we promise that we will try to continue to get better. Uh, we'll post episodes up a little more quickly so that the uh, stuff that we're talking about isn't so dated. And, uh, yeah, we're going to try to be a little bit better about uh, uh, kind of organizing ourselves before we talk so that we uh, don't have to ramble as much as we have in the past. Yeah, we're learning, uh, but we really appreciate the support. Uh, we, like anything, we think we'll get better over time, but we're really grateful that some of you have seen something that you're interested in, and uh, we hope to continue to create uh, good content for you and and eventually, you know, maybe involve you a little bit more, that kind of thing. We're still figuring this all out, but we're we're taking it step by step, but we're really, really excited for all of the uh, the support. Yeah, we're not in any rush right now. We're, we're happy to kind of make this like a slow grow thing so we can sort of get better. Um, as Ark mentioned before uh, we started recording, he hasn't even really told any of his friends about this. Because he doesn't think we're good enough. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, again, just thank you so much uh, for listening. This is super fun. Um, like I find, I'm kind of like bummed right now. I'm like, shoot, we've been going uh, about as long as we should go right now, and we're running out of topics, and I'm kind of bummed because this is super fun. <laughs> yeah, we're having a great time. We hope you can tell, and uh, you know, we'll just keep doing it because <laughs> mainly we're doing it for us. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get this one up pretty quickly, and uh, there might be a little bit of a, a dip in audio quality next week because uh, Jet Setter Arik is going to be traveling once again. But we uh, we're definitely going to get one out again next week. And uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we'll be doing. I'll be doing this. I'll be our special road correspondent for the next couple, basically <laughs> the next month. But uh, we'll uh, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Sounds good. Hey, Arik, you have a great trip. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you.